Kevin Bowen here. Don't forget to listen to The Fan now on 93.5 or 107.5 FM. And check out our latest coverage online at 1075thefan.com. We're back. Another edition of Kevin's Corner. Uh, Mark Dykman out of the bullpen for us. He's been terrific in that role, um, boy, throughout the last year or so. And he's joining us today to give his thoughts. No one knows quarterbacks like a Bears fan. So, fittingly, Mark Dykton is with us as we continue to break down Matt Ryan. Just heard from him as introductory presser earlier this week. And as always, you hear Mark uh, produce, play animal sounds mainly. It's probably his new LinkedIn resume. Uh, it's on, on my business card now. <laughs> uh, for Kevin and Clary each and every morning. So, if you need a book someone for a birthday party, uh, just hire Mark Dykton. He can be perfect in all animal sounds, and he'll have the kids just mesmerized by his ability to dial up YouTube. Morning, Mark. How, how are we doing? Doing well. Doing well. I love the tweets I'm getting for all the animal sound requests. <laughs> I feel like Carson Daly of the animal sounds. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, TRL, Mark Dykton version here. Uh, but in all seriousness, thank you for filling in. No problem. I uh, appreciate that. Um, we are going to hit on Matt Ryan a little bit more. just kind of want to play back and forth Mark's thoughts and, and some of mine as well. Um, I know we had the emergency pod on Monday. But as always, the deeper you get away from the breaking news, there's more to take away from it and have some thoughts to share from the introductory presser. And as always, uh, Twitter questions as well. Um, let's start here, Mark. Just your general thoughts. Matt Ryan, Colts quarterback, 2022. I like the move. I mean, getting him for a third-round pick solely, I think, is a home run. I know I was on one of the few that was on the Matt Ryan train when they were trying to figure out a whole who's going to be our quarterback next season. Hey, if Matt Ryan, if Deshaun Watson ended up going to Atlanta, obviously he didn't. Matt Ryan was still on the move. They were able to get him for a third-round pick because of that salary cap hit. I like the move a lot. I think he's got a lot more in the tank than some people do. I know he's 37, but we've seen from Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, these guys are going into their 40s playing. So I think this is could be what many people thought was going to be a short-term solution. Could be a three- to four-year solution for, at quarterback for the Colts. Yes, they're kicking the can down the road once again, but Matt Ryan keeps you in that, that loaded AFC conversation for playoffs, and I think you add some weapons around him. Hopefully Chris Ballard will do that in free agency. I think Matt Ryan... Going from Carson Wentz to Matt Ryan, home run. You know, it's um, it's interesting when you look at it. Um, a couple of things have stood out to me again over the past few days. Let's kind of unpack what you said there. You mentioned the third-round pick to start off. Um, in my mind, that might be the biggest win of the offseason in that you have the departing Carson Wentz, the entering of Matt Ryan, and then you factor in what you gave up to get Matt Ryan and what you acquired for Carson Wentz. The fact that you have moved up five spots in round two, you've moved up nine spots in round three. Those are That's a notable move up in both of those rounds. And then you have that additional third that could become a second in 2023. Uh, that is absolutely massive um, for me. So, again, major kudos to Chris Ballard um, for that. Because I think we initially thought it was going to cost like a first or a second and then we were, okay, maybe not. But third-round pick solely, Yeah, I mean, you, know, you got to do it. Again, from a quarterback standpoint, um, you seemingly have gotten better and you've given up less. Yeah. So that is where um, I think it is a win. You know, when you look at Ryan as a quarterback, I'd say one thing that I've been reminded of over the past couple of days and I probably need to give more credit to is this is a guy that's going to bring and has had a clutch gene to him that I thought was the biggest issue 
with Carson Wentz. Um, Carson Wentz was not the 32nd-ranked quarterback in the league last year. Like, by no means was he god-awful. He didn't lead the league in turnovers, you know, things like that. Um, Hell, he had far less turnovers or less less interceptions than Ryan did. But when you got to the game's critical moments, which in a league defined by parity, there's so many of those week in and week out, he wilted. And Matt Ryan does not in those situations, or at least has not in his career. So... I think there will be a level of 10 guys in a huddle looking at the number two jersey this year with a different level of confidence than they looked at it last year in the fourth quarter. I think it's hard to kind of measure, but I think that is big and important. And again, for a team that was two and five and, you know, one score games last year. And the Frank Reich press release, um, I don't think this was out when I did the emergency pod earlier in the week, but Frank Reich said it. You know, Right here, Matt Ryan, one of the most productive quarterbacks in the league, has spearheaded numerous fourth-quarter game-winning drives. That clearly is something that resonated with the Colts. Um, and I, so I think that is a big element um, to this as well. I think a lot of the debate with Carson Wentz, I mean, yeah, they'll throw statistics at you. Look at his touchdown-to-interception ratio. Look at his QBR. He was top 10. Okay, at any point last season, did Carson Wentz look like a top 10 quarterback to you? No. He didn't pass the eye test, and Matt Ryan passes the eye test. That's one of those variables you can't really look up in a statistic. He passes the eye test. He's been in Super Bowls. He's been in big game situations, and he's 4-0 against the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, (laughs) hey, I like the move a lot. I think, yeah, you put some weapons around him. Matt Ryan. Which which remains a question. Right. You know, again, that's something we'll get into in Twitter questions, but those weapons there. um, I think from an accuracy standpoint, he's going to greatly aid guys like, you know, Naeem Hines and Paris Campbell. I think he's going to be a more accurate quarterback as well. Um, You know, if you do bring in a young quarterback, I think there's some tutelage there. Um, In a very, again, singular minded focus of right here, right now, he keeps the ship afloat. And in the AFC South, if the ship is afloat, you can do something because the division is the easiest division in the AFC. Um, one thing I'll mention, because I've mentioned this on our show, and now that I don't think when the um, emergency podcast recorded um, that this news was out yet, it does sound like if there was a runner-up in this, I guess Jameis Winston would be the runner-up mm-hmm. in, in, in the Colts' eyes. You know, I've mentioned Marcus Mariota as another option, and – I look at it from this point, Mark. You can either have package A is Matt Ryan or package B is Mariota or Winston, you know, whoever else you want to go with there. Um, I think the cap differential, I believe the cap hit I saw from Mariota is like six or seven for this year. So what's that, 16 or 17 million different Mm -hmm. in, in cap. And then the third round pick. So package B would be some sort of Mariota, could you use that cap space of 16 or 17 million for an Allen Robinson? And then that third round pick is that third round pick, you know, you know, re- recent Ballard third round picks, Bobby O'Karake, Julian Blackman. Can you get that equivalent at tight end? Or um, maybe you are finding a left tackle to groom a little bit more down the road, something like that. And that's where. I look at package B, and I'm a little bit more attracted to that than most. I think Marcus Mariota might not be the best name because in this market, there's such a stigma against Marcus Mariota because the Colts often beat the Titans with Mariota there. I think people would be surprised to find out that when Mariota's 
been a full-time starter. His last three seasons, the Titans finished above 500 all three of those years. And that was pre-Derrick Henry taking the league by storm. Um, I get that it's different situations, but it's not like Matt Ryan and the Falcons have been winning at some extraordinarily high level since the Super Bowl run. And I totally get Atlanta and the lack of support around him. Um, But my question just becomes, what's the end result with this? You tweeted out a list of – did you do AFC teams or AFC All 16 AFC teams, yeah. Yeah, do you have that list up? I can pull it up real yeah, quick. Pull yeah, pull that up. Um, and this was during a commercial break, so it's not like I put a right, ton right, of thought right. into oh, yeah, it. Yeah. I just want everyone to be aware that I – No, did. no, no, I'm not holding your feet to the fire here. What I'm getting at, Mark – and again, this is where my opinion of the quarterback position differs from a lot of people – a lot, of, And I get how fans operate. Fans are win now. We want to be relevant. We're tired of what's happened in, in, in recent years. I totally get that. I have more of a long-term view of it. My view is, again, when you have the position and you go Band-Aid, if Band-Aid isn't getting you to be one of the top three or four teams in the conference, then I look at it as let's have one eye towards the future. So, again, you listed these 16 teams uh, just based off Top of your head, mm-hmm. where the AFC stands. You want them 16 to 1? Uh, or how do you want to do this? Let's go 1 to 16. Kansas City Chiefs, number one. This is a toss-up, though, because I think Buffalo Bills, number two. It could go either way with the Chiefs and Bills, in my opinion. Bengals, I've loved what they've done in free agency thus far to uh, try to get back to the Super Bowl. They're number three. The new look, uh, Los Angeles Chargers coming at number four. Cleveland Browns, this is the one I've gotten the most pushback back. I've been number five. Okay. You're like, what about the Deshaun Watson suspension? Well, I can't I can't factor that in on March 22nd when I put this list out. So, at the moment, Browns number three. Titans number six. Broncos seven. Colts eight. Ravens nine. Ra- uh, Ravens nine. Raiders ten. Patriots 11. Steelers 12. Dolphins 13. Jaguars 14. Jets and Texans rounded out. So, you're out of the playoff teams. Give me eight, nine, ten, eleven again. Uh, eight is Colts, nine Ravens, ten Raiders, eleven Patriots. Man, dude, it is just crazy how low to the conference is. Like, think about that. I mean, those are good football teams. Yeah, you I just pl- mentioned. I got plenty of pushback saying, "Well, these teams should be higher." This, yeah, I, I know. I completely agree. And again, I don't want to get into into a late March debate on your rankings because right. I just appreciated you doing that, just spur of the moment. Because it just paints a, a rough landscape of where things are at right now. We still got you know free agency to play out and the draft next month, etc. But it's a reminder to me of how difficult this conference is right now and how the Colts. If you were going to rank the teams 1-16 to like you did, they probably are middle of the pack. Mm -hmm. They have so many holes. I can't factor them any higher than that. They have so many holes. I would agree. Um, The beauty of it for the Colts is you play in the AFC South. Yep. And, like, if the AFC West beats each other up and the AFC North beats each other up, is that where you can sneak into things? So, um, again, I think Matt Ryan, from a win-loss standpoint in 2022, it improves you. I think the support around him is worrisome right now mm-hmm. for me. I think it's less support, frankly, than we've seen in quite some time. Carson Wentz had and Phil Rivers had. Yeah. When you factor in left tackle, wide out, tight end, especially. Um, number two is the conference is at a level that I, I don't know if I've ever seen it. And I'm not trying to l- live in too recency bias, but like, sure, when you had Manning, Rivers, Roethlisberger, 
Um, Brady. Brady, obviously. Duh. Jeez. Um, Kevin, you're an idiot. When you think about those teams, um, that was more of like the top end. I think when you get into the depth of the conference, I just don't remember it seeing, seeing it this deep. When literally 10 and 11 on that list, who is it? Patriots and Raiders? Ravens? Uh, Ravens 9, Raiders 10, Patriots 11. Okay, let's go with Raiders at 10. Is that is that what you had? Yep. I mean, a playoff team from last year that's added Devontae Adams mm-hmm. and Chandler Jones. Again, I'm not disagreeing with you right no. now. It's just shocking to me that they added arguably the best wideout in football, one of the best pass rushers in football, and yet they are falling I've got them fourth in their division of the playoffs, according right. to these standings. It's, it's, it's just wild to me. So look where the Broncos and Chargers and Chiefs are doing. Yes. It's insane. It, it, it's insane how the conference looks. And that would be, again, my concern with how I view this situation of, are you kicking the can down the road? And if Matt Ryan plays here for two to three years, if you win one division title, win one playoff game, are you looking at like an eight-year run mark of two playoff wins and one division title? And now everyone else is, you know, getting older. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, appreciate your thoughts on that. A couple things that stood out to me press conference wise. This is a real, genuine, easy dude to root for. I mean, he he just gets it. The moment's not too big for him. I I don't think there's any issue from a fragile mind. Again, that might not be something that I'm weighing enough. Like, can that be the difference for this football team? It, I, I don't know. I I think it makes a difference. I don't know how big of a difference it, it makes. Um, and I'm also curious. I don't think any of us know this. You know, how does Matt Ryan react to this? You know, it's not quite Matthew Stafford-like. I think the Rams really coveted Stafford and obviously gave up a huge trade package mm-hmm. for him. Um, the Colts ha- had interest in Matt Ryan, but you know they only gave up a third rounder. It's not like Matt Ryan is Matthew Stafford level. Um, but at the same time, I don't think it's like Philip Rivers where you know it's like all right, the Chargers are like we have seen enough. You know we're good. Go ahead and do your thing. Um, so I'm curious just how he reacts to that as well. Uh, he basically said Saturday night he had a meeting with Chris Boward, Frank Reich, um, Marcus Brady, and Parks Frazier on Zoom. Came downstairs, his wife was like, I've never seen you like this. You know, they left an impression on you. And then that's uh, that led to the official trade announcement on Monday. And he does sound like a guy that wants to keep on playing. I, I know that sounds good, but he, I, I walked away from that legitimately thinking he's going to play or try to play into his 40s. He turns 37 in May. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't look at this as a Phillip Rivers thing. Phillip Rivers was waiting for his oldest boy to become a high schooler and coach him in football. Matt Ryan's two kids are twin boys that are four. So unless he's really itching to rev up the right arm in dad's pitch, I don't think he's going to be looking to, you know, leave football to coach them anytime soon. Yeah, I don't think in 2023 we're going to be like, who's going to be the Colts' starting quarterback? I think you've got Matt Ryan uh, penciled in. You can use pen at this point. Yeah, Penned in for 2022, 2023, 2024, question mark maybe, but I think this is a few-year – deal i think that now having said that you can't necessarily act like right he is a hundred percent going to be here but again that's the sense i get granted i guarantee you i said the same thing about anthony casanzo a couple years ago and philip rivers a couple years ago so um but i don't think it's exactly apples to apples specifically with with rivers also a little bit younger 
than when Rivers well, came here. And every NFL player feels pretty good in the offseason. You feel a lot yeah. better than, you know, middle of October. And Rivers and Ryan are very similar in their durability. Mm-hmm. Matt Ryan missed a game a few years ago. That was the first game he missed since 2009. He missed three games in his career. So it's damn remarkable, again, what they've done um, throughout their availability through their career. So, again, just wanted to go a little bit back and forth on the Matt Ryan stuff. If you missed it, uh, that'll be something that um, uh, you can check out on the emergency podcast. But uh, unless you got anything else, Mark, let's get into Twitter questions. No, let's do it. All right, Jacob, call me crazy. Maybe it's the Colts just doing a good job and I'm watching too much Pat McAfee. But I'm really more pumped and sold on Matt Ryan than ever now. Has your opinion of his potential with us changed much as the reality of him being here has set in? Yeah, you know, it's um, you should be in a better situation. I I think he's a, I think he's a, fourteen-ish quarterback in the league. Mark, I I I don't know. I I think something that he's done an unbelievable job of in his career is probably more longevity and consistency than any like individual seasons that really pop. Obviously he's got the MVP year. Mm-hmm. Um you know certainly playing with Julio really really helps in, in, in that. Um but I think just consistency and sometimes you take that for granted. I think the Colts obviously their quarterback situation this past year. So I know I mentioned wet band-aid was kind of how a reference that I've used for him before. I mean, a wet Band-Aid can stick to your body for a year. I'd say Band-Aids are water-resistant yeah. now. Yeah, some of them, yeah, I was going to say, you've got three young girls. You oh, certainly have seen your fair share of Band-Aids in The Band-Aid community has long gotten from the Dyketon community. Yeah, Rosie's starting to get into them. I'm like, you don't have 13 boo-boos all over your, your body. Um, but again, I think more of this has to do with where I stand on quarterback. Um, you know, he's a pro, he's a leader, and the moment hasn't been too big for him. But it all comes back to, for me, and this probably isn't necessarily like, again, I I, I point to the package of him as the A-level package or, you know, Mariota as the B package uh, because you have made a commitment to Matt Ryan, you know, and that is pushing the long-term answer down the road. Um, You guys have heard me say often the term sustained success. And, Mark, as a Bears fan, you probably have just, dreamt about this, but for me, Jim Irsay has stated a goal of two Super Bowls. I know he gets made fun of a lot for that, and we poke fun at that as well. I think that should be the goal for every single franchise in the in the NFL. Win two Super Bowls in a decade. That is an incredible run. The best way, I'm not saying it's the easiest easy way, but the best way to try and achieve that, in my mind, is to draft a quarterback, develop said quarterback, build around that quarterback throughout that decade. Yeah. And I view that as, okay, um, six or seven playoff appearances, two or three division titles, uh, maybe one time you got home field. You know, that's the time you make a Super Bowl run. Maybe one of those other ones, a la the Colts with Manning 2006, not kind of a surprise that year's Super Bowl run. And that's how you go about things. The Band-Aid approaches – don't often lead to it. Matthew Stafford, I think, is in a different category. Tom Brady, different stratosphere. And look at what they walked into. You know, Brady walked into Mike Evans and Godwin and brought Gronk with them. What Stafford walked into with the Rams as well. Stafford, I don't think, is walking in, or uh, Ryan is not walking into that. No. Um, so um, he will bring a different culture and all of that. And I think he upgrades you from that sense. 
but I just can't sit here right now, Mark, and maybe my mind will change. Maybe there's some massive move up Chris Bauer's sleeves uh, that's going to make me to change it, but I just look at the AFC right now, and I still see a team um, that is not in the group that will be the last one standing in January. Yep, that's why they're at the middle of the pack at the moment. Plus, with when whenever they do draft a young guy and start developing him, you do want to kind of get that young guy. You want to start having some sustained success early under his rookie deal because, you know, once those quarterback contracts come up, oh, boy. Yeah, that's another big part of it. And I think that's why Kansas City has done what they're able to do. Cincinnati has done what they're they're able to do. You know, in ways you had I mean, the Rams with Goff when they made the Super Bowl run. I know Wentz wasn't a part of Philly's actual playoff run, but they were in position that year because Carson Wentz got them. I think they were number one seed in that 2017 season as well. So um, you can point to, you know, rookie contract quarterbacks that have started it. I, and I'm not necessarily saying you got to win those Super Bowls in the rookie contract deal, but I think it can really help you build a foundation to start to get on those runs and get used to it as well. Yeah. You know, I think let's say Matt Ryan and the Colts go 11-5 and five next year, win the AFC South, win a playoff game, and then bow out. Would it be 12-5? and five? Yeah, twelve and five. I should say. Yeah, I was gonna say seventeen games. I still continue to make that mistake. Um, the long term answer is still up in the air. Mm-hmm. And again, this is probably more of a non twenty twenty two off season issue. It dates back to everything post Andrew Luck and how the organization has operated a quarterback. Um, so that probably comes off as a bit of a knock on Ryan. Um, so fair or unfair there, but. Um, again, I get so many people being like, you know, you're being so negative on on Ryan, this and that. I'm just being realistic. This is where I think about the situation right now. Um, I think he's an upgrade, but when I look at wide out, left tackle, and tight end, and look at him, I don't think a game manager with these weapons are getting you to the level that you want to get to. And I think the Colts not addressing the quarterback issue sooner has hurt them because you see how many quality talent have gone off the board in free agency whether it be via trade like Robert Woods and Amari Cooper yeah. and all I mean it's a great point waiting a week in a free agency yep and, and and free agents you know they're looking at the Indianapolis like okay you can throw me some money but who's gonna be throwing me the ball and you have to think that that played into a lot of factors for some guys if the Colts were trying to get some guys that were available no so, I, th- I think that's a good point and then again you're in this situation during one of the worst off-seasons ever to find a quarterback. Right. Uh, that plays into it as well. Whereas 2020-2021, you weren't in those situations there. All right. Big Bama, thoughts of Chris Ballard giving Matt Pryor a shot at left tackle? Now, the name Big Bama asking an offensive line question just fits so well. Perfect. Right? Uh, so Bowers on with McAfee yesterday. We were recording this late Wednesday morning. Said that Matt Pryor will get the first crack. I know uh, at left tackle. I saw a lot of people pointed to uh, Matt Pryor's locker is next to Matt Ryan, mm-hmm. and so that usually indicates something along those lines. Um, I don't love it. Um, I like the Pryor trade. Very smart by the, by the Colts acquiring him. I like him as a six offensive lineman. Um, you guys have heard me say the Joe Wright's quote before: "Offensive linemen are made." Left tackles are born. Joe Wrights knows what it's like to play those other positions on the O-line. He knows what it's like to play left tackle as well. Um, so that is something that um, I think it's it's a position when you're patchworking it. Oh, man. And for a guy who's not all that mobile in Matt Ryan, you better hope that Pryor can hold his own. God, Ian Rapport just reported that 
Despite an offer from the Chiefs that would make superstar Tyree Kill one of the highest-paid receivers, extinction talks have stalled, and Kansas City's now given Hill's agent permission to seek a trade. What? That sounds like aggressive lines in the sand. In the sand. Wow. Ballard was a part of the old Tyreek Hill. Um, um, I actually have it right here. Ballard on Tyreek Hill. We went A to Z on Tyreek Hill. You can't make a decision like that without the entire organization. This is, you know, back in the Kansas City days. Right. Being on board from ownership to coaching staff to scouting staff, understand how it's going to affect marketing. Anytime you bring a player in the building, everybody needs to be on board with the player. We had a good plan. The plan worked, but now you've got to keep working the plan just because keep working the plan, et cetera, et cetera. You have to go through and continue to work the plan as you go. You don't ever take your foot off the pedal. The same thing with Tyreek. Tyreek is a good young man. He made a bad, bad mistake, but we gave him a second chance, and he took advantage of it. I think going forward he will continue to do good things. That's interesting. I mean, but again, you'd have to figure out what you're giving up, more future resources to land a guy like Tyreek Hill, and then he does come with some baggage, and they always talk about locker room guys. Yeah, a couple of just initial quick thoughts on that. Would Kansas City trade him within the conference? Probably not. Two, um, and I heard, I've heard i heard this from Atlanta people that have asked about Julio Jones. Like, Julio Jones kind of wanted out of Atlanta because it felt like Matt Ryan had reached a level that – you know, he, he just wanted to play with a higher-level quarterback. Now, he went to Tennessee with Ryan Tannehill, so make of that what you will. Um, but does Tyreek Hill look at Matt Ryan and think, you know, that's a quarterback that I want to play prime years with? I think that's something that's fair as well. Hopefully so. uh, Kansas City's seeing a 312 area code with Ryan Bowles giving a call. Justin Fields action there? Oh, don't don't tempt me right now. Uh, but getting, getting back to the prior thing, um, guy's got two career starts at left tackle, Mark. I don't think he played there at TCU either. That's what worries me is that you've band-aided that position and just a lot of hope. You know, so many people are like, move Quentin Nelson to left tackle, move Brain Smith to left tackle. These guys just haven't played there. Like it's just it's it's the unique position up front. Um, I think the stat got a lot of traction on Twitter early in the offseason. Um, Chad Forbes, kind of an NFL draft guy, put this out. Of the left tackles that started last year in the NFL, or the starting left tackles last year in the NFL. Mark, 21 of 32 were first-round picks. Four in the second, four, uh, three from the third. Rounds four through seven, you had two, and you had one undrafted free agent. I mean, you could make the argument that even more than quarterback, that that position is just littered, littered with early top-end talent from the draft. So that would be my concern there. Yeah, it's another um, issue of Chris Ballard just it. not addressing a need. It, it's an, it's, it was right in your face. Anthony Costanzo, you know, wavered on on retirement multiple years. Right. And yet you still made no attempt to address it for the future. And again, this is like a need that Ballard views that position of priority. It's right. not like wide out where he doesn't view it as a big of a priority as other people do. Um, so that's a confusing thing to me. But, yeah, I mean, it looks like Matt Pryor is going to get the um, first first crack at it. Chase, if you guys record again this week, yes, we are. Can you power rank the needs? I know some are rather nuanced, but in some order, we need left tackle, right guard, tight end, wide receiver, maybe two, cornerback, safety, maybe two, and D-line depth. Plus, they might still draft a quarterback. Who is that from? Chase. Chase. Um, thank you, Chase, for sending that in. How would I rank it right now? Mm, boy. I'd say wide out one. 
left tackle, then tight end? I mean, Pryor is the guy in-house. I, I, I still think tight end is up there, though. And there's still decent free agents available in tight end. So I, I'm not writing that off that I they can like just tight end. I feel like there's more decent available wide out than tight end. Do you? Now? Even with... Yeah, I feel like tight end... I mean, didn't you have, like, Tanyan get... Tanyan's back. He I re-signed. Th- Tyler Conklin is a guy that I really liked. He's going with the Jets. Um, oh, did Conklin... I might have missed the Conklin yeah. one. Yeah. I mean, I know you got some aging wideouts. You still have got Valdez Scantling, a guy that, you know, you'd be projecting a little bit, but certainly produced. And then... Um, Jarvis Landry's still Jarvis there. Jarvis Landry's still under 30. As well, I don't know. Tight end, I feel like is it like Gronk? Maybe I'm missing a few, but I feel like that's dried up a little bit there. You know, corner safety. Um, you know, that's something I think to keep an eye on as well. Right guard, I think you could do that in house. I think that's either yeah. Danny Penser or. And this is all Chase to your point. You know, putting quarterback to the side here in in ranking these. Julian says, Kevin, bit confused on why people are so high on Matt Ryan compared to taking a chance on rookie like Malik Willis. Well, Julian, I think a lot of it comes from, again, win now, win now, win now. Mm-hmm. Um, and people that don't want to be patient. And also, let's acknowledge, I mean, any rookie's a risk. It, it, it is a risk. Now, I view it as it's a risk that you have to take. I mean, Ballard has been very public about it. Ballard, I think Ballard's afraid to take a big chance on a quarterback in the draft. And he said something to that effect of like, you know, if I take one, you'll all be off my back, you know, and and, and all of that. Um, Is it really taking, I mean, would you want him to take one in this draft class where there's quarterbacks maybe, not very highly touted? Maybe not this one, but, um, you know, I do think there are examples, Mark, of finding quarterbacks outside of the top 10 that have hit. It's not as frequent. Certainly you can find guys in the top five that that don't hit again I, it is not easy to find the quarterback but again in my eyes through the draft is the way that you have to do it it will be interesting to see this mark let's say the colts go through the draft this year and don't draft a quarterback that means they will have gone three straight years without drafting a quarterback in the first hundred picks boy i'd be hard pressed to find a team that doesn't have the franchise answer and has gone three straight years without taking, you know, I mean, you can find examples of teams with veteran quarterbacks that draft, I mean, Green Bay with love, Tom Brady and Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, you can find teams that had QBs that still spend high picks on that position. So, um, and again, Jacob Eason and Sam Ellinger don't qualify enough for me. They are swings, but they're not as big of a swing as you need to, uh, need to take. So um, Matt Ryan, Fine upgrade, but uh, I still look at it as if you love Malik Willis, if you love Matt Corral, if you love Desmond Ritter, you take that guy. Mm -hmm. You take that guy, you groom for a year, and then you get to next season, and that comes, you know, 2023, that comes the decision that I think you see NFL teams face often. Again, um, when do you pass the torch? Yeah. You want a GM to have conviction on a guy, 
Maybe that's not this year, though, when right. it comes to quarterback. Mm-hmm. Andrew, what's the difference between Matt Ryan and Matthew Stafford drafted in consecutive years, both with above-average stats playing on bottom-tier teams? Stafford found a new home and flourished. Granted, the Rams had a better team. Ryan is potentially set up to perform much better than last year on a new and better team. This could be promising. You know, Ryan with better weapons over his time, um, I, I would start there. Again, Matthew Stafford walked to L.A. and got had Cooper Cup, had Robert Woods. They made the trade for Odell Beckham as well. Um, I think Stafford's got a little bit more flashy arm talent. You know, if you look at, like, ESPN's QBR metric, I think is a big metric a lot of people point to in evaluating quarterback play. Ryan's was terrible last season, one of the worst in the NFL, or I think the worst of, of, of his career. Um, Stafford, his final season in Detroit, was at a much higher level there. So um, I think Stafford's had more highs throughout. More consistency as well, I think. You you think that as well? Yeah. Um, I was going to say Ryan kind of checks the longevity box. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Matthew. people forget Matthew Stafford – you know, put up like 5,000-yard seasons and everything in Detroit because he had guys like Calvin Johnson and all that stuff, but he get got lost in the shuffle because of the Lions. So I think when it comes to, like, ranking guys, Stafford was always top 10. It's just that yeah. he got lost in the shuffle, and Matt Ryan would be more in, like, the top 15. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I don't know if they're as comparable as you would think. Um, the Jets and Dolphins rumored for Tyreek Hill? Yeesh. Boy, those are two interesting teams. Yeah. Zach Wilson and Tua? That's going from the, uh, you know, what's what's the term? The high end, the outhouse? Yeah, <laughs> you're the, you're outhouse, Tyree Kill. Yeah, 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 yeah. Outhouse to the back house or whatever. Yeah, back something like outhouse. that. Uh, high su- rise to the, I don't know, something. Were you surprised to see the Colts favored now over the Titans for the division? Plus yes. 110 Colts, plus 125 Titans. Yeah, because, again, there's so many questions regarding the rest of their roster, whereas the Titans... I mean, they were without Derrick Henry, and they had a winning record. And now you just had Robert Woods for a sixth-round pick to go with A.J. Brown and whatnot. So I, And they re-signed Harold Landry, right? Yeah, I believe so. So, I mean, you're looking at right now, let's say Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor are a wash. Um, you're looking at Tannehill having A.J. Brown, Robert Woods, and Austin Hooper, and Matt Ryan having Michael Pittman, Ashton Doolin, and Moali Cox. Yeah, yeah, I don't. That's a, that was a curious uh, yeah I don't decision by Vegas. Yeah. All right, where are we at here? Uh, Jay, hey KB, this question could be answered before your next podcast episode comes out. Is it possible that Ballard is taking the same strategy with quarterback that he did with pass rusher last offseason, meaning that he didn't take swings in free agency with veterans, but instead drafted uh, Quiddy Pay and Dio Adengbo? So then this year it's the same thing, not trading for a veteran quarterback like Jimmy G or Baker, but he's going to draft. He mentioned this in his presser that he really wants the answer, and maybe this is the year. Sorry for the long question. Well, Jay, again, this question obviously did yeah, before Matt Ryan. field an answer with, with Matt Ryan. It goes back to the Chris Ballard short-term, long-term quote from January. Matt Ryan is a short-term, definitely, uh, but at the same time, you've got to look into the long-term. And I think it's really important to take advantage of Ryan here from quarterback tutelage. Like, I, I, I get it. People are going to be like, nope, every resource has got to be used to supporting him. Um, to me, you got to find that balance. If you find the right quarterback, you have to take that because I think that can really help Ryan from, um, really help the next wave from a you know teaching learning standpoint. 
Um, again, what I like what they've done at defensive line is the Ngakwe move. I mean, I'm a huge fan of that. I was saying today on our morning show, you didn't hope with Pay and Dio again. You hoped with them last year. That was a mistake. Justin Houston, Danico Autry, go. You don't make any veteran signing. It costs you. This year, you bring in Ngakwe. You can further development of Pay and Dio. And I think that's important. Right now, I look at Whiteout, and I'm thinking, wow, they're really hoping. And Ballard, I think the word he used yesterday with McAfee is like, yeah, we, we can make some depth signings. I mean, aren't you, like, projecting depth signings to the top of your depth chart right now at Whiteout? Yeah. You know, I just... I don't I don't love that approach. No. Yeah, his, his resistance against addressing wide receiver just boggles my mind cuz even in his when they still had Wentz, he, he pretty much pointed the blame at Wentz like, "Well, we had we had weapons, did you though?" I mean, did anybody line up across the Colts offense and say, "Nope. Oh man. No look one, out for these guys." No one strikes fear. No. No one did and 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 no one is doing that right now. And again, we'll see how the final bit of a uh, Bit of it all plays out. Full Nelson says, after the Ryan signing, what are the biggest needs and who's left out there to fill those needs? Okay, let's bring up that list of the top free agents that I had. Um, again, I think wideout is a little bit more. This is kind of a rough sketch here. Wideout, these are some names that are still available. And feel free, Mark, to correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. if any of these have been nabbed up. Cole Beasley, Odell Beckham, Antonio Brown, Will Fuller, A.J. Green, T.Y. Hilton, Julio, Jarvis Landry, Emmanuel Sanders, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. That sounds accurate. Tight end, all I've got is Gronk. I've got Tyler Conklin, Ali Cox, Ingram, Gerald Everett, Austin Hooper, O.J. Howard, Robert Tanyan, C.J. Uzoma, and Max Williams all as re-signed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I didn't realize Conklin got scooped up too. So yeah, he was tight ends a bit wanted. thinner than I than I thought. You know, tackle. I again, it sounds like they're going to stick with Pryor. So, Full Nelson, what a great name, by the way. Um, I, you, you would appreciate that. I, I would, assume, given your good wrestling name, affinity for wrestling. Um, again, I outside of wideout, I don't know if you really have kind of ample ample uh, high end talent left. At those positions, I I still look at corner and safety, as there are some names there. I know a lot of people brought up uh, Honey Badger. I think we had a Twitter question about mm-hmm. him, so I'll, I'll see yeah, he's coming up there. Corner has still ha- has some depth. I you know they really think highly of Brandon Face on. I, I'd like to see one more corner brought in though. Bryce says, "Hey Kevin, I'm listening to the podcast, and I hear your comment on Wentz's stubbornness. Where exactly did that show up with the Colts, and in what way was he resistant to hard coaching?" Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I, I, Mark, I, I do think we've gotten to the point where it's a little bit overblown with Carson. You know, it's. I think we're all starting to take the Jim Mercer point of view of like, oh my God, he's you know couldn't stand the dude, hated him. Like, I don't think it was that. I think there was a bit of stubbornness, um, and that rubbed some people the wrong way. And I also think that Frank Reich really wanted him back, and I think that Chris Ballard was. You know, not all the way with Ursay, but he also wasn't like Ballard was a little bit more. I'd say on a one to a hundred scale, I'd say Ballard's like disdain or ready to move on was like a seventy. But he also could acknowledge what else are we gonna do. Right now, certainly the Matt Ryan thing, and Ballard said this yesterday. They got lucky with it. That has helped them greatly. Um, and Reich, when he was on with us, you know, before the Wentz release, 
he seemed resigned to the fact that the decision was already made. Yeah. He's like, it could be Carson, could be somebody else. I'm like, well, yeah. I mean, Frank Reich, yeah. I mean, he 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 thinks that you know, Washington will be in the playoffs with with Carson. Um, you know, I, I the vaccine thing, I think, really rubbed Ursay the wrong way. Um, and I think he just kind of started off behind the eight ball, and then when things unraveled a little bit during the season, that didn't help. Um, but, I I mean, I don't think, like, teammates hated him. You know, I think it's one of those things, like, he's your quarterback. It's a nice dude. Um, you get into fourth quarters, and you're like, man, we'd maybe like to have some other guys, <laughs> you know, playing the position of whatnot there. Uh, but Bryce, I – I feel like, and this is, I think I touched on this a couple of podcasts ago, I think Carson is, football life, he's always had it pretty easy. You know, the North Dakota State run, you know, he comes in the NFL, quickly has success. When some adversity, I think the adversity first was physical, tearing the ACL in 2017. Mm -hmm. When that first physical adversity showed up, then all of a sudden his fundamentals waned a little bit after that, and some inconsistency happened. I just don't think he handled it extremely well um, and a bit of a I'm the smartest person in the room the smartest person in the room can still be really nice but I think that kind of rubbed some people in that building the wrong way it was very telling when the at the time the Philadelphia Eagles were willing to eat the largest cap hit in history to uh, move on from him yes and that, that was very telling that to me. and again drafting Jalen Hurts before Carson led, led the league in interceptions very telling as well Jordan, if the Colts were interested in the Honey Badger, is there a chance he could play more nickel and slide Kenny outside? Yeah, Jordan, that's an interesting idea. Because um, my question with Tyron Matthews has always been, like, where does he get the consistent playing time? You know, when Julian Blackman comes back, I think Blackman and Cardi Willis would be your safeties. And then I think to myself, um, well, you know, what about playing more defensive backs? and playing more safeties, and could you do some hybrid stuff there? You know, the point that you make about him playing nickel, Kenny outside, that's that's intriguing, that's interesting. Have we seen Matthew's name, though, link, like, directly to the Colts? I feel like no. that hasn't been – where have I seen it? Have I seen, like, Raiders and Steelers, maybe? That might be right. Yeah, his name hasn't – I mean, it's not been crazy, Buzz. Like, I thought, I thought he was going to get scooped up already by now, but – He's still out there, but I haven't heard his name attached with the Colts. I've heard people hoping his name would be attached right. with the Colts, but no actual news about it. I think one more move with DB makes some sense. I mean, I'm looking at this schedule right now, Mark, and we'll see where Tyree Kill ends up, but these are the, some of the wideouts off the top of my head that you're facing next year. Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Tyree Kill, Keenan Allen, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, A.J. Brown, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, C.D. Lamb, Terry McLaurin, Deontay Johnson, Devontae Smith, Chase Claypool. I mean, holy hell. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess in today's NFL, you could probably say that about a lot of schedules, but when you're playing the AFC West, yeah. you know, that is a group that pops up with some loaded wideouts. Like, I'd like to see one more, you know, corner safety move. Okay, last one. Tanner says, Heard uh, Pay was supposed to be in the same role as Yannick was with the Raiders. So what does that mean now for Pay? Yeah, it's a good question. You know, uh, Ngakwe's talked about being in that in that Leo spot and, you know, Pay opposite him. Um, I think that makes sense. I I know Pay tested exceptionally well as an athlete. Honestly, you can make the argument that he tested a little bit better than 
Ngakwe did, but I just feel like there is I haven't seen the pay athleticism on football speed just yet. So um Schefter's saying Tyree Kill is likely to wind up as a jet or a dolphin. Yeesh. How far do the Chiefs fall without Hill? Well, you added Juju Smith Schuster, so you got your speed guy still. Obviously, McCall Hardman would take a big jump in that offense. You lost Demarcus Robinson. Did someone say Valdez Scantling was visiting there? I mean, that could happen. He's still out there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. How much do you... And I, again, do they just come around in the draft and take, you know, Michi or... Jameson Williams, or I don't know, like whoever is the top. I mean, you still out. got Travis Kelsey at tight end, right? right. So yeah. you're not hurting for weapons. But, but dude, I've never seen a faster football player than him. Yeah, I, I mean the gears he has, just absurd. I've heard no such, you know, you know, debate that Tyreek Hill was even thinking about. No, this is I can't wild. believe it is a wild. NFL offseason. The NFL. It is 365 days a year now. Never ceases to amaze. And just the last thing, because I think a lot of people have heard my opinion on, you know, I'm not whatever, rose petals out for the Matt Ryan deal, and they're like, you're being negative, blah, blah, blah. Folks, I love the Ngakwe move. Love it. I cannot stress that enough. Consistent annual production at a position to bring up Mark's point earlier that actually strikes some fear in an opposing defense, or excuse me, opposing offense. And the Colts haven't had that in a long, long time there. So um, we evaluate each individual move. It's not a, Chris Ballard sucks. Chris Ballard deserves a statue. Nope. Each indiv- individual move will be evaluated, and that's how we'll operate always on Kevin's Corner. All right, Mark, anything for you? That's it. See what happens with Tyreek Hill now. Your thoughts on the Bears? Uh, they're not. They thank God they're not in the AFC. They'd be in the bottom <laughs> tier. But no, uh, Ryan Poles gutting the team. Hopefully, going to put some more weapons around Justin Fields. Uh, don't be putting any money on the Bears to be in the playoffs in 2022, though. This is a 2023 and beyond move. Build around Justin Fields. Hopefully, he makes huge strides, and you've got your franchise quarterback for the next decade or so. That's my hope for the you 2022 Bears season. Told you last year around the draft. Colts love Justin Fields. I don't know what that means to you or not, but I think that played into Matt Eberflus's attraction with that gig as well. So I'm uh, very curious to see how he does up there and how Justin Fields' career pans out. All right, Mark, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Uh, to everybody out there, we'll be back probably next Wednesday with another edition of Kevin's Corner. Everybody have a great week. Uh, good luck to the Boiler Nation out there as they pursue their run to the Final Four. And we'll talk to you next week on Kevin's Corner. This has been Kevin Bowen. Thank you for listening to another edition of Kevin's Corner. If you haven't already, subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher for the best Colts and Pacers coverage.